When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. You know me. My name is Ben, finger quote, Easy Rider Bolin, and I'm hanging out here today with... Ah, Scott Ratrod Benjamin. Well... I guess it's okay, isn't it? Rat I thought Rat Rod was awesome. I don't know. It's a little awkward. But I uh, think Easy Rider is kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. I was, if I I was taken by surprise. I didn't really have anything in front of me or anything like that. But Rat Rod. Yeah, maybe. I like that. You can say it really quickly. Rat Rodder. Rat yeah. Rodder. Yeah, something like that. Rat that sounds Rodder. good. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Scott, 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 Scotty B. Here we are again. <laughs> um, you know, man, we've had a lot of people writing to us and saying, Scott, Ben, do a motorcycle podcast, and mm-hmm. we did one. We did a few, didn't we? We did a few. We did a few. We, we had a few. Um, trail that went all the way across the U.S., mostly across That's the U.S. That's right, yep. Uh, we had the sidecar racing. We did, yep. Yeah. We've yep. done a few. Just a general motorcycle. over. We've had a few. But these guys really like motorcycles, Yeah, Scott. and you know what? I've got something for them this time. I was recently out west, and I was looking at a bulletin board on, unbelievably enough, Historic Route 66. And I found a little a little ad that was posted there, um, and it said Motorcycle Cannonball. And Motorcycle Cannonball has its own website. It's, you know, of course, www.motorcyclecannonball.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrote it down, just the address, and I, I stuffed it in my wallet, and I uh, and I went on about my trip. And then I came home, and I looked it up. And uh, this is really something cool. We need to talk about this. You know what? We should talk about it right now. <laughs> well, that's good because we have everything is recording, so we're doing all right then. We've got uh, this motorcycle cannonball race that's happening. Is um, It's happening at the end of this year. It's happening in September. Um, right. It goes, the, um, oh, you know the date? Is it 16th through 18th? Uh, no, no, wait. Nope. nope, nope. I've got my date wrong. September 10th through the 26th. That's right. Okay. Um, and it's 17 days. Maybe that's – well, no, I don't know how you got the uh, – yeah, I've got no, no. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> That's okay. It's uh, it's it's about when they'll be in hot springs. Oh, okay. Specifically. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Yeah. So September 10th through the 26th of this year, 2010, is when um when this thing's supposed to happen. So it's a 17 day event, and this this race covers 3,325 miles. It goes coast to coast from east to west, and um, 
you may be thinking to yourself, well, that's not a big deal. I can, you yeah, can ride just a bunch of motorcycles. You can ride coast to coast on a motorcycle, right? Sure. Here's the catch. Pre-1916 motorcycles. Ah. Did <laughs> you say 1960? No. Did you say 1916? I did. Pre-World War II? Pre-World War I. Uh, well, yeah, but also. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? You're, you're correct. You're correct. <laughs> right. Pre-World War II also. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, you know, it's very interesting because the average person does not see bikes of that vintage. No, this is these are museum pieces. Yeah, you just don't see them on the road. I mean, there are some around that, you know, the collectors have, and they keep them in the garage, and they take them out for weekend rides, and, you know, they're maybe 20 miles, 50 miles, 10 miles. But this is a 3,325-mile race across the U.S. It's from, it's literally from coast to coast, and these guys are going to do it in 17 days on vintage motorcycles that you would normally find in a museum. Wow, and it's, they're going to be, I mean, to accomplish that mileage in that amount of time, mm-hmm. they're going to be riding these pretty hard. They're not going to be just coasting. Yeah, according according to the uh, the, the page, the webpage that you know mm-hmm. you can find as well, you can look a lot of the photos while you're there too and some of the older bikes and some of the contestant uh, um, entrants rather. Um, most of the days are going to be about 250 miles of travel or less. Um, there, I think there are a couple days that go over that, okay. um, I, I believe, just to kind of round things out. And the speeds are only going to be around an average of about 35 miles per hour. So it's going to be a long, long trip for these guys across. I mean, again, I, when you look at them, they look like bicycles, right? They look like, <laughs> right. they yeah. look like a bicycle with an engine, um, basically. And they've got big wide seats. And, you know, it's exactly what you think of when you when you think of the old Indian motorcycles. Um, you're just It really does look like a, a bicycle versus a motorcycle. But see, that's the thing that I think we're forgetting here. 35 miles per hour mm-hmm. before 1916 was really, really fast. That was. That was moving along pretty good. They, yeah. were, they were pretty advanced machines at the time. Mm. And, um, yeah, there's still, I mean, there's this group of guys that, you know, group of men and women that uh, that collect and restore and, you know, just appreciate these motorcycles. And I, I love looking at them. I mean, I think yeah. they're really cool. Yeah. They're really now, neat. Now, they're leaving... Um, Kitty Hawk, right? Yeah, they leave uh, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, and they don't finish until they get to Santa Monica, California. So 17, 17 days from Kitty Hawk to Santa Monica, where they wrap wow. things up. And when we're talking about these motorcycles, um, specifically brands we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. We would be talking about stuff like Pope. Um, let's see, check me on this. You're the expert here if I'm wrong. So you, as you mentioned before, Indian but also um, Harley-Davidson. Harley-Davidson, that's right. Yeah, there's Harley-Davidson's in there uh, because they were built. Uh, there was a kind of a sweet spot, I guess, where Harley-Davidson's were built before. Because remember, you can't, you can't have anything that was built after 1915. It's all pre-1916 uh, yeah. machines. So um, some of the Harley-Davidson's, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the entrant list right now. Nice. And I'm just going to run down quickly. I'm looking, uh, there's some 1915 Har- Harley-Davidson's, um, Indians, Pope, um, there's also Excelsior, um, some of this, you know, that you just haven't heard of yeah. maybe ever Eagle, um, the Sears Triumph BSA. Um, there's just a bunch of them. Yale made a bike. Um, <laughs> there's just, uh, flying Merkel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Merkel. Henderson. There's a, um, just odd, odd bikes really. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of Indians, but as of today, there were 99 entrants into this race. So it's, it's 
gaining momentum. This thing is getting big. And uh, I can only imagine what, you know, this must look like on the road. That's pretty cool to see that. I'd yeah. love to watch them go by. Yeah, that's, you know, that's one thing that I think is, is really cool about putting this out here um, on the interwebs, you know, because now people who have an interest in this can check on uh, can check online and see whether or not they're going to be close to these routes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't if you don't want to participate, but you'd um, like to see the but you could bikes. you could you could go to that website and and enter or you know find out if your bike's qualified or if you're qualified etc. Sure. Um, if you're up to the task, I guess because that's going to be some test of endurance, I would think. I imagine crossing yeah. mountain ranges on bikes that are you know single cylinder single mm. speed bikes, and we'll we'll talk about classes in a moment. But two hundred fifty um, miles. Yeah, if you're not yeah. if you're somewhere on the route and you can look up the days that you know they'll be traveling through your part of the world try to get near there and see them if you can i mean i'm i you know i haven't even really looked at the the map very uh, very Mm. closely but i would think they'd be kind of close to the atlanta area some in some way yeah they're Um, trying to uh they're trying to avoid interstates mm -hmm. which means um that they're going to be going through a lot of places uh where you'll actually be able to take some time and look at them you know so i i'd love to check it out Mm -hmm. we i don't have the map with me right now Okay, that's all right. They've got um, they do have scheduled stops, and again, listeners can you know look this up online and follow yeah. along with us, I guess, because it's it's, uh, it's pretty cool that um, I, I just think that this is a neat event that they're doing. I, mm. You don't hear of this very often, something like this, and we've we've heard of the Great Race, and we've heard of you know sure. some of the the uh, not imitators, but you know like the the other types of races like that. You know the the um, similar the Gumball three thousand. You know yeah. The, the, yeah these these events that go coast to coast and um but never anything like this with vintage bikes because you're just completely exposed to the elements in that in that case and uh hopefully the time of year is right for something like this it's not going to be oh yeah storms and yeah i hope so hopefully not a rainy season you know wherever they pass um but yeah i think i think uh they're in for a good ride so what uh what about the class of the bikes classes there are three classes um the the first class is um Single cylinder, single speed, and uh, they mention a couple of problems with each one. If you go to the website, they say yeah, it's kind of a, a lead up, like a like you know, are they going to make it type thing. But mm-hmm. um, th- what they said for that one was single cylinder, single speed through the Rockies. They're not sure if it's going to, and I think they go through the Appalachians as well. Wow! Um, so it's find out if they're going to be able to rough. make it without pushing. Yeah. Um, let's see. The next one is twin cylinder single speed. That's class number two, twin cylinder single speed. And the question there was reliability because at the time, twin cylinder technology was relatively new, especially for motorcycles and, you know, this this type of engine. So um, it's going to be kind of buggy. A- again, reliability is, is key in this thing. And uh, the last class, number three, is multi-cylinder, multi-speed. And they said that this is going to be the most competitive class, and they're going to be the ones really – racing for the trophy yeah i could see that wouldn't it be awesome though if a single cylinder single speed it won it would and maybe you know i guess anything's possible if it comes down to reliability issues breakdowns whatever things can happen like that so right that would be interesting not likely but it could the old keep it simple yeah exactly uh, idea exactly i'm just i'm just thinking man if if one of those bikes won I would feel like it was, it had earned its place. It had earned its retirement. Oh yeah, yeah. Never drive it again. Definitely, Give it a break. That would, that'd be the one you put on the shelf. That's the one that goes yeah. on your on your motorcycle shelf <laughs> at your right. house. Your blank of, motorcycle. Of course, shelf. yeah. That open spot on your motorcycle shelf. Um, you know, we just mentioned the trophy. I think we should talk about that. We just should for a definitely sec- just yeah. for a second, and that has some significance in that. Um, it's called the Wyman Cup. 
And the reason that's named the Wyman Cup is because it was named after the first person to ever ride a motorcycle from coast to coast, um, George Wyman, who did that in 1903. And he did, it in, he did it in 50 days. It took him 50 days to make the trip, but he actually spent 38 days on the road hmm. of that 50 days. And you could read um, some excerpts from his book or his diary. I'm not sure which it was, but there's some excerpts on the site as well. So you can look into that if you want to. I haven't dug you know, too deeply into that at this point, but um, I think I will because I find that stuff really interesting. And also to our listeners, we don't want to give you guys spoilers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We don't want to uh, let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, no, those cats are staying in those bags. <laughs> Spill the beans. Oh, gosh. And the beans and the cat all in a bag. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's say that we've – you know what? This is just a little – speculate with me here, Scott. Mm -hmm. Let's say that we're participants in the motorcycle cannonball. Let's say that we're driving, you know, the – or we're riding one of the more unreliable vehicles, the twin cylinder. Okay. And uh, let's say it breaks down. What do we do? Well – Okay, that's the that's the thing. You're allowed to bring spares in a lot of cases on this on this trick, okay. on this trip. And I assume that a lot of these guys have chase vehicles that are coming with them. Um, I didn't find anything really about that in, in here. I haven't really looked at all the rules of the of the. Right, it's know, probably in their guidelines. I'm, I'm sure it's in the details here, but I just haven't gone that far into it as far as an entrant. Um, but I do know that they're allowed spares in many cases. And I looked it up under a lot of the classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the class information tells you where, um, you know, if you're if you're able to upgrade the brakes, please do because you know that that's something that's vitally important. And brakes, you know, in uh, you know 1915 weren't all that great, so they said we encourage you to upgrade the brakes if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's long as the idea is that the core of the bike should be um, the vintage bike, the original bike. Um, if you can, ha- if you have your original engine, if you have um, you know updates are allowed in a lot of cases. It's kind of up to them. You know, you need to you need to tell them exactly what you've done to the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, what you have replaced, what you haven't, what's been rebuilt, what's new, what's old, what's, uh, you know, just all the details and let them sort know. Sort of case by case. Exactly. It's case by case. And they said that, you know, like carburetor, like I'm just reading down the rules right now, uh, carburetors and magnetos, um, you, you do have to have the original carbs, but they can be modified or updated. Um, spares you can bring, you're allowed to bring in a spare carburetor as long as it's an original or a, a modified one. Um, and uh, they do suggest you rebuild your magneto just in, just in case because they're ignition source. They want it to be um, – they want you to have your own in, uh, – the intended ignition source. Okay. Um, tires, again, those are important. They say that um, there's something called a clincher tire uh, from way back when. It was a different design of tire the way it, it grabbed the rim um, – or the rim grabbed the tire. And um, – this says if you don't feel comfortable running this kind of distance on clincher tires, then please feel free to, to do something else. You know, whatever safety concerns you may have, they're flexible on that one. So they're not um, going to sacrifice safety for style, essentially. No, but, you know, a lot of a lot of places will make, you know, tires that look like that, that, you know, the rims that look like that, 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 don't, that aren't necessarily that same design. They they have a different method of, uh, of uh, connecting, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Connecting to each other. I mean, something a little more safe than these clincher tires, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'll need to dig into these clincher tires. I don't know exactly what that is. We might have to do something. Maybe, like that. yeah. And so there's things like lights. Um, it says they're trying to develop a universal battery-powered lighting system uh, that resembles the early carbide lights of the day. So they're trying to come up with a universal system that they can just give to contestants and say, "You can use this one. This mm-hmm. is this is road approved. You're, you know, plus you'll need a brake switch, you know, so you can have a brake light. But um, right. then you'll be 
you know, legal in all states. You know, if you have put this, it on everybody's exactly, bike exactly. If they don't have one, you know, if, if yeah. you don't have lights on your bike to begin with, um, and some don't apparently. And um, of course, they need to be licensed and registered, just like anyone else. What? And that's the last yeah. straw. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So do drivers, of course. You have to be licensed driver. Right. Yeah. But um, you know, pretty straightforward rules, really. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like they're flexible on a lot of things. And, and you know, when safety is involved, because mm-hmm. they want everybody to be safe. But um, there's one other kind of interesting thing I've got here, and then I'm just about done. I promise. Oh, let's check um, it out. What's going on? <laughs> this is kind of interesting. The Can- Cannonball's course master, his name is John Classen. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Classen, Clayson. Um, he's mapped out the whole the whole route, okay? Mm-hmm. And he says that, this is a quote from him, and John says, our route was chosen in order to avoid having uh, the riders enter a single interstate whenever possible. So they have about 12 hours of light each day, they figure. And uh, they have a goal of having every rider check in at the end of each day uh, just, you know, to ensure that everybody's made it. Uh, oh, so, so they can not, find that guy. Exactly. So they're not yeah. left out on the road somewhere, right? Sure. And so that gets back to what you had mentioned, you know, the breakdowns, what do I do, you know, that type of thing. Um, and it's also a safety thing. They want them to check in one hour before sunset because in a lot of cases, uh, it says they don't want to have any safety issues uh, meeting up with local wildlife after dark. So um, they they do expect breakdowns because of the, the you know, the vintage bikes that they're riding. Sure, and the but, climate. Yeah, I mean, when, when they're talking about... Uh, wildlife. I mean, they're talking about in some cases mountain lions. Oh yeah, not not mountain squirrels. No, no, no. These are mountain, yeah, mountain squirrels. <laughs> the actual yeah. lions. No, yeah. these are mountain lions. You know, out west you get stuff like that. I, I would mm. assume bears along the way. I mean, there's a sure. there's a lot of sure. dangerous territory that you cover, and you know you don't want to be stuck out there at night. Coyote, possibly exactly. co- uh, possibly angry motorcycle fearing. <laughs> yeah, but the, you've locals. got a, here you are with a 95 plus year old motorcycle, and uh, you're broken down, and there's a, a mountain lion after you. What do you do? I mean, I guess you just learn to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> fight in the time. Fight, man, fight. Well, That's yeah, I would do. try yeah. to fight them. Well, of course, line, yeah. I know there's a, there's probably a whole Adventure Channel thing about that. Oh yeah, there probably is. Probably. Can I fight a mountain lion? Probably. Well, guys, so one more time, the date on the motorcycle run is September. Uh, Was it tenth through the twenty sixth? Through the twenty sixth. Thank you. And so to our listeners there, you guys, uh, we hope that we sort of contagiously transmitted our fascination with the motorcycle cannonball uh, to you. Yeah, we just kind of want to pique your interest on this event and let you know that it's out there. Maybe take a look at it. And if there are any listeners that are interested in getting into that, this is a good time to do it because it's early enough that you can get in on the race or you can plan a trip to, you know, watch these things pass by. Whatever your level of involvement you want to be uh, at this point, you know, Check it out. It's, it's worth taking a look at. Even if you don't plan to travel there or, or participate, take a look at the site. It's really cool. There's a lot of great information there and, and some really cool photographs, um, vintage and new, of these vintage bikes, and it's really worth looking at. And, and please, please don't send us an email in uh, January of next year saying, hey, guys, like the show, I own a 1914 uh, bike, and I was wondering why I can't race it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just missed it. If you do have an email uh, that you'd like to send to us about anything other than that, then maybe send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage.
This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.